Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. We're speaking with the member for Barker, Tony Passon, over in Canberra for the second sitting week. How are you, Tony? I'm well, thanks, Ricky. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, This is the first um, sitting fortnight the government has scheduled. Not a lot of sitting days before the end of the year, and doesn't that provide a limited amount of scrutiny of the government's agenda in an October budget? It does. It's unfortunate. We normally sit 20 weeks a year, but we seem to have a a sitting calendar which has uh, seven or so sitting weeks in it for the next six months, which is well below what you would expect. And I expect, had we proposed a sitting timetable like that, we would have been criticised. But in any event, we'll take uh, um, take every opportunity uh, while we're here um, to prosecute um, the agenda. Now, there's a whole a lot that was said during the election campaign that concluded in May uh, with the change of government about cost of living. There's a whole number of pressures there, and I guess those are the things you need to be able to scrutinise through to the end of the year with a whole number of challenges. I think the first, second and third um, issue uh, that is being discussed in community right now are the various cost of living challenges. Uh, and unfortunately, Ricky, I've got to tell you, um, we've got a government in Canberra which is making a bad situation worse. They went to the election and promised uh, Australians that their electricity bills would be $275 a year cheaper. They've walked away from that commitment. It was never likely. Um, I described it at the time as far-fetched and fanciful, but sadly, um, the people of Australia were hoodwinked into believing that that was real. Of course, the RBA meets today and it's likely we'll see a further increase in the cash rate, which is causing a real cost of living um, crunch and on top of everything else you might recall that in the lead up to the election uh, Labor made a big deal about the need to get real wage growth um, and effectively committed to ensuring Australians would be better off uh, that their wages would grow faster than the cost of living Um, they're now crab walking away from that commitment as well now uh, what upsets me about all of that is the economic settings um, that we're now experiencing were well anticipated, well understood, and yet the Australian Labor Party, notwithstanding that, went to the Australian people and I say hoodwinked them into believing that they were better positioned to deal with these cost of living issues and now they're living through the reality that uh, real wages will go um, down, electricity prices will go up and so will interest rates, all of which is making life harder for your listeners right now. Yeah, and one of those challenges creating, I know that the you know, Reserve Bank's trying to put up interest rates to, I guess, slow the, the heat in the housing market, and they may be happening in Sydney and Melbourne, but I noticed data out in the last couple of days shows Narracourt is one of the property hotspots. Regional South Australia is still going reasonably well, but it does mean then housing affordability and even data out today showing uh, less and less people are owning their own home, more and more are having to rent. There's a real housing crunch on, and that creates a cost of living pressure with rent as well. It's a really unfortunate circumstance. Uh, Australians have less disposable income um, for them to save uh, and at the same time the the cost of the most significant and most important asset uh, that they'll acquire in their lifetime, a home, is um, moving north. And so I can appreciate how Australians are sitting back feeling like 
um, they're getting further and further and further away from their goals of uh, owning a home. And once upon a time, that was most acutely felt in the cities, but uh, increasingly it's being felt in the regions, as you say, as property prices uh, are running away in, in regional Australia as well. Now, one thing that assists with the livability of, I guess, regional areas is the uh, ability to improve local infrastructure, whether it's parks or skate parks or that sort of thing. Uh, the Building Better Regions Fund has been a major contributor to that, including in your electorate. But there were findings by the audit, uh, the National Audit Office uh, last week, which Catherine King seized upon, saying she's pausing round six of the Building Better Regions round, even though some grants had been, you know, applications had been put in and some had been assessed. Is it concerning that uh, some that might have put a lot of work into getting an application in might have to start again? Uh, I'd be upset if I was um, an applicant to the program. Uh, We were very deliberate before the election not to expedite the most recent round of BBRF because we wanted um, the usual departmental assessments to take place. Uh, We wanted to take the politics out of that round. Uh, effectively to respect people who had invested so much time, energy and effort into making their applications. You're right about the importance of this fund, Ricky. I mean, it's the fund that's delivered uh, in the electorate of Barker, the Murray Bridge Rowing Club redevelopment, the community hydrotherapy pool in the Barossa, wellbeing community centre in Loxton. I could go through a long list of successful projects. But for Catherine King, the now minister, to turn around and say, well, I'm sorry, I'm going to cancel this process because it's been uh, politicised, is to forget what happened when she was uh, a minister in the Rudd-Gillard-Rudd years. Um, She was the minister for regional development. There was a similar program called National Stronger uh, Regions. The uh, Australian National Audit Office investigated uh, the allocation of funding in that program and found that 40% of Total funding, um, 23 projects uh, were approved by Minister King um, in circumstances where they were specifically not recommended by the department. So uh, either she's uh, got a case of amnesia or she's just um, thinking that uh, we'll forget about her recent history. In any event, you know, um, those are interesting comments to make in the Bellway. The reality at home is that people have invested significantly our applications are now going to be frustrated either because there won't be um, a Building Better Regions Fund round or they'll be required to reapply and there'll be a commensurate delay of 12 or more months, um, both of which are unsatisfactory. Now, for people in your electorate and indeed across regional Australia, uh, export orientation is so important, getting our produce to where it needs to go. Wool Producers Australia told us on Friday they've sensed some panic in the local livestock markets when it comes to, oh, and the wool market when it comes to prices. People worried about the foot and mouth disease and being overexposed. How important is it that Australia stays on top of biosecurity challenges? Well, confidence is key. Uh, obviously, we haven't had a foot and mouth uh, outbreak in Australia, um, or indeed any confirmed cases, and yet we're seeing livestock uh, commodity prices plummet. And I don't think it's too much of an overstatement to say we are seeing um, prices uh, reduced considerably. My family are right livestock producers ourselves, Ricky, and I've got to tell you we're reconsidering um, our own position in the market. We won't be as bullish when it comes to buying store lambs, and I expect there are hundreds of thousands of small businesses around the country that are making similar decisions, which is unfortunate because it's all product of um, certainty. Now, if livestock producers uh, were feeling more secure about the biosecurity measures that were being in place, I don't think we'd see 
this level of uncertainty. But unfortunately, we've got a federal agriculture minister who is sleepwalking us into catastrophe. It took him four weeks to implement um, um, mats at airports, despite us calling for it. Uh, we still don't have a ban on food products, uh, all food products coming from Indonesia. We're still not screening every passenger. We're not inspecting every piece of luggage. And when people say to me, why should we do that? I just point to them to the recent example of a returning Australian with a Macca's breakfast uh, in their uh, backpack. I mean, good Lord. I mean, that, that, that breach could have cost Australian producers $80 billion a year. Uh, I encourage anyone, in fact, I'm calling on anyone travelling to Indonesia to do the right thing by Australian producers. Leave your shoes over there. Don't bring back any foodstuffs. Uh, it's just not worth the risk. And lastly, the um, foot and mouth disease free status, which isn't held by um, every country in the world, of course. Australia is one of those that does continue to hold that status. It's, it underpins uh, export deals, including to the United Kingdom, uh, when it comes to free trade agreements. Uh, your colleague, Kevin Hogan, has criticised uh, Don Farrell, the South Australian Senator and Trade Minister, about slow progress on ratifying UK and India free trade agreements, which will help not only livestock exporters, but also our wine exporters. Well, I think um, he's right to criticise the slow progress that has occurred since May. Uh, the reality is, in, the, in light of um, China's decision to effectively punish Australian exporters, it's incumbent on uh, the Australian government to work with other uh, democracies around the world to execute free trade deals. Now, the obvious targets for that for Australia is UK and India. Um, indeed, um, the wine industry, which is obviously so important to those living, working and raising a family in Barker, saw a, a slight uptick in exports to India recently and we want to see more of that and it'll be turbocharged if we can get a free trade agreement sorted. Now every effort should be put into that right now. Australian wine producers are feeling the pinch of China's coercive action uh, and to think that we've got uh, a minister who hasn't progressed these negotiations at all in the last three months, I think isn't doing the right thing by the Australian wine industry. Well, Tony Persson, you're the Shadow Assistant uh, Minister for Transport and Infrastructure as well. Good to uh, join you when, just before your party room, the first party room meeting of the Liberal Party since the election, I believe. Well, the first substantive one. We've had other party room meetings where we elected um, Peter Dutton into the position of Leader of the Opposition and but this is the first occasion since um, uh, the Parliament has had legislation introduced in, into it by the newly minted Labor government, and it's the first opportunity for us to get into that policy detail, which I'm looking forward to in 15 minutes. Yep. Oh, thank you very much for joining us and fitting us in, Tony Passon. Thanks. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.